Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Joanna Cutter, and we're going to be speaking about misperceptions around vision therapy on the OI Show. again for joining us for this episode. Today, we're uh, joined by Dr. Joanna Carter. It is awesome to see you. We went to school together and we bumped into each other, but it's not been something where we've talked a lot in the last couple of years. So it's good to see you again. Likewise. Yes. Uh, Dr. Carter, tell us a little bit about your practice, where it is, and what you love to do with patients. So my practice is Insight Vision Therapy. We are located in Southern Oregon in a little town called Medford. We're close to California. Um, And all we do is vision therapy and neuro rehabilitation. That is 100% of my practice. Interesting. So if somebody needed an eye exam or something like that, they, they, they come to you or they go somewhere else first? If somebody is calling our office asking for just a regular eye exam, we will often try to guide them, say things like, don't you want to use your vision insurance? You should go to another place. And so, yeah, typically, unless it's somebody that is already connected with our office, we're usually not going to do a regular exam. Got it. Okay. So that tells everybody like, this is not something where you do this little specialty on the side. Like this is a big part of who you are and what you do. Tell us your background. Uh, I know where you went to school, but tell us a little bit about how you got into vision therapy and how this became all you do. Right. So, yes, I went to school with you at Pacific University um, and I was interested in a bunch of different things. But when I was doing my clinical rotations uh, one day a week for one of my rotations, I was at a vision therapy practice in Eugene. Mm -hmm. And that completely changed me because I was noticing how throughout the vision therapy these children, these patients, it, they weren't just changing their visual system. Like they they were, they were changing themselves. Like yeah. it was an entire um, improvement in, in their whole being. And I thought, wow, I had no idea that doing some of these activities and exercises could change so much more than just how the eyes are working. Yeah. Yeah. So one other thing that you do, if I remember correctly, is. Um, are you uh, heading up and spearing uh, a binocular vision page on Facebook? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in, about five years ago, I started DTODs on Facebook. Uh, and the main reason was because there was times where I wanted to have a candid conversation about therapy or about neurorehabilitation or about specialty lenses. And sometimes that wasn't as well accepted in just general optometry forums. And so I wanted to have a community page of providers that do specialize in this area or for people that want to learn more about that area. So it's been a very active page ever since. Yeah. I have 4,000 members, if I uh, recall correctly, which is a, a pretty good number when you think about a subspecialty. So that's pretty phenomenal. So you know, vision therapy, it accounts for a small percentage of optometrists that are out there. My bride does vision therapy, as as you know, and as many mm-hmm. of you listeners may know. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just not thought of at front of the mind for most optometrists. And I think one of them that we miss a lot is neuro-rehabilitative uh, eye care. And I I think there may be, and I'd like to hear what you have to say, but I think it may be 
that uh, many of us just don't know what to do for those patients, right? You, you try to get their glasses right and try to get their, their progressive right or whatever it is. Or, um, but all these patients, they're just struggling and you know they come in and we get them glasses and they see 2020, but where are we missing the mark with these patients? Like what can be done for those types of people? Yeah, and I think the biggest challenge with our neuro patients, especially the acutely neuro patients, like soon after a stroke or concussion or brain injury, is that their systems are very, very sensitive. Mm. So a lot of times we're working in what I call the realm of little bits. So just small prescriptions or small prescription changes can make huge improvements in how they are functioning. So for Mm. example, if a patient usually doesn't wear glasses and they complain of dizziness with head movement, they may benefit from a lens that's just a plus 0.25, which is going to reorient and uh, there's their vestibular ocular reflex, like the way that head and eye movement can be out of sync and that just a little tiny plus lens can get it back in sync but you try giving them a plus 50 and they might almost vomit, right? So they've got Mm. a very little tiny window of comfort. And I see that with um, near lenses as well. A lot of times I'm just giving a small prescription. You tell them just go buy, you know, you tell a 28 year old who's had a concussion, just go buy some over-the-counter readers. There's no way that they can handle that much lens power in front of their eyes. So So I do spend a lot of time trial framing and figuring out. um, But of course, my my exams account for that time that I'm able to spend with the patient. Yeah, that's a big I I think you you bring up a really important point for those of us who don't do binocular vision and may not even have somebody in our area. Right. There's a substantial percentage of the population that doesn't have a vision therapy practice anywhere near them. But that could be just one of those things that could make a really big difference for somebody is. Like maybe they only need a quarter of a diopter, a cylinder or, 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 or add power change. And that might be something where for somebody else that might not make that big of a difference, but for them, they're really locked into that and make those changes for people. It could be that changing their glasses every six months could make a real big difference for them. That's right. Yeah. And of course, checking to see how their eyes are functioning together as a team. So of course, if what? you're just checking, what? I know you don't it's need crazy. To do that. It's like one eye at a time. You're fine with that. <laughs> but I, you know, it's true though. I see too many patients that it's just that's not something that's checked. If you do a near point of convergence and the patient is pulling away from you or turning green, they have a binocular vision problem and yeah. and and need some help in that area. You know, and yeah. where I live, we're just you know we're the big city of Medford, Oregon, which is not big. And, but there's very small towns surrounding us. I get patients that travel up to four hours in each direction to come see me because there's nobody else near them. So even if there isn't somebody right where you are, there's, you know, you still may either consult with a doctor because I consult with people or, you know, somebody may need to travel. Yeah. And I think a lot of us realized during COVID that we can see people over over the internet, right? We can do Zoom calls with people. Um, we started doing some virtual vision therapy for people. And maybe it's, yes. you know, I, I don't want to say that it's not as good, but maybe for some people they may think it's not as good, 
but it's better than no vision therapy when you can spend time virtually with somebody and we'll have somebody who maybe they come in every other week and then they do a virtual every other week, or, you know, maybe they can't make that four hour visit, uh, but once a month and they could come in and then the therapist could work with them. So maybe we as optometrists are limiting what our patients can do just because we make the decision. Oh, Oh no, that's too much to even offer to them. Right. Correct. Right. And then in the cases of my neuro patients, sometimes there's treatments that we can do outside of vision therapy that can significantly help how their visual system's functioning. So they, just because you're referring to a binocular vision specialist, it, you're not doing them to weekly vision therapy necessarily. Again, we may just find <laughs> the right lenses or other therapy techniques that they can do at home that can yeah. help their system out. Yeah. So all you really do is pencil pushups, right? I mean, that's what uh, we learned vision therapy. You know, that's a perception that the vision therapy is, um, you know, is there, I think a, a big concern, particularly from our ophthalmology colleagues, and that may trickle into an optomo- optometry world is what science really is there around vision therapy, helping people and so forth. And I'm sure you get asked that question, you know, all the times from, from patients and other doctors, but what do you say to that? How do you how do you help that misperception of it's not science based or backed in the medical community? You know, it's obviously there are studies that show that vision therapy is you know a successful treatment. Um, you know, obviously the CI studies came out when we were in school, uh, proving that vision therapy was the best treatment for convergence insufficiency. Um, there's, I, I mean, I'm on the the NORA, the Neuro Optometry Rehabilitation Association. Uh, mm-hmm. blog and I get weekly updates about articles coming out that have to do with neurooptometry and neuro rehab. Uh, so there's so much that's coming out all the time in that area. But then of course, you know, I got my clinical experience as well working with these patients and watching their lives transform um, throughout the course of treatment. So mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously there there's both aspects that I that do come into play. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things I think there is a concern about is that once a patient leaves my office, they'll never come back. And is that um, something you yourself, you kick people out of your office when when you're done with them, right? You don't see them for long-term vision care. But um, what about your optometric colleagues that you know of who do binocular vision and primary care? Is there really still this concern that we're stealing tons of patients from people? You know, that's a good question. And honestly, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I do know that myself, I make big notes on my records, you know, regarding whether or not they are referred by another doctor, uh, because I want to make sure that if my if that patient needs glasses, I'm referring them back to their doctor to purchase those glasses. And yeah. once they're done with care, you are now released from my care and you may go back to Dr. X for your, you know, your annual exams. Know that I'm here if these specific visual issues recur, but otherwise, you know, you know, let's just say hi to each other in Costco. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a small uh-huh. town, right? Yeah, and I, I think for those the people that do binocular vision and primary care, they rely on much more than their own practice for the binocular vision. You yes. know, they need they need people referring into them, and as soon as they start 
stealing those patients, that's going to cut off a referral in the future. And so, um, you know, we really do want those patients to go back because the provider is a phenomenal provider looking for the best for their patients. I mean, evidenced of they refer to patient out. So we know they're good providers and they're certainly capable of, uh, of, of helping their patients. Um, And then I I think there's also an issue of, uh, you know, when I became a specialist in contact lenses and dry eye, it's amazing how many people have issues of dry eye and need contact lenses, right? Mm -hmm. But Christy wasn't finding those people as much as I was. And, you know, her (laughs) response is, well, why aren't you sending more binocular vision patients? They're happening all the time in her primary care practice. And I'm like, well, you know, that just goes to show that, you know, if we're not constantly trying to stay up to speed on other areas of optometry, right, you go to a glaucoma lecture and all of a sudden you learn, you see some glaucoma patients when you get back. Um, maybe that's one of the things we need to speak to as well is where can people be provided some binocular vision education other than a conference on binocular vision so that they can get better at detecting those issues and, and, and then referring them if they need them. Yeah. Well, there's the nice thing is now that there are a lot of online options for education. So I know that, um, OEP, uh, the optometric extension foundation. Yeah. Foundation. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I'm missing a lot. Program. Um, is it <laughs> program? I think OEP. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. <laughs> they have, you know, they have education uh, opportunities all the time, and I'm, most of them now are still virtual. There was another uh, organization that started kind of a subset of Vivid Vision uh, called iHeartVT, oh, and that phenomenal. is again an online education. Um, and it's just a monthly, like a low monthly subscription. And you've got all sorts of education opportunities there to learn about all the different areas of vision therapy. So if you're wanting just some education or just, you know, a little bit more, I think that would be a really good place to start. I mean, there's always some binocular vision education at the big conferences as well. I'm always seeing friends of mine like, oh, look, Jen's at AOA. And, you know, so it's, it, that's available too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, a plug for VTODs on Facebook. You know, if you just, you know, get on there if you want to join us just to peruse and to learn what is out there. Yeah. Um, you could just look back at, at previous discussions and yeah. learn that way just too. Just get smarter just to join the group and you'll be smarter. That's just obviously happens, right. I'm in the group <laughs> and I don't do VT, but it's a great group. Um, I think one of the other concerns that people have, and I guess it's turned into misconceptions about vision therapy is um, that it's too expensive. Patients won't pay for that. And a doctor may have a concern that if they refer a patient and it ends up being more than the patient was comfortable with, that then the doctor themselves may be blamed. And I think there's a lot of falsehoods to that, right? As far as you would never hold back in sending a patient for, uh, you know, uh, a broken bone because it costs a lot to, to fix it and so forth. So what do you say to the cost value proposition of vision therapy? Ooh, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. And I think, you know, back when I worked at a practice with an optical, remember, they always talk about don't assume, don't assume that your patients can't afford this higher quality frame or lenses. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, just because your patient has X insurance doesn't necessarily mean that they won't find a way 
to make yeah. this work. If it's something that really needs to be done, if 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 this vision problem is causing the child, for example, to struggle in school, you know, parents will try to find a way. And um, also, you know, for us, I think it's important to be transparent. And one of my little mottos is nobody likes financial surprises. Maybe that's because from marrying an accountant, I don't know, but we have all of our information out on the website. You can find how much, you know, we, we charge for our appointments. Um, and then of course the no surprises act, they're given that information ahead of time. Well, we did that before then. Um, so nothing should come as a surprise. They can make that decision ahead of time. I think it is important if you're referring to an office that is, for example, like mine, that isn't in network with insurance, that as a referring provider, you should tell the patient ahead of time, say, Hey, this is the treatment that I recommend for this. I want to let you know they're not in network with insurance, but you know, this is the problem and this is the treatment for this problem. And and I highly recommend it. Um, That way, when they call us, they're not shocked by that information as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I love vision therapy. I, uh, I, I'm not a BV doc, but we do some awesome things in our practice with the, uh, with the patients that we see. And I'm really grateful that people like you exist that do what you do. And likewise with my bride, I'm glad that she exists and, and does what she does. And so thank you for hanging out with us and telling us more about BV. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to like, and subscribe. And stay tuned for future episodes of the Optometric Insight Show.